Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What happens now that Uncle Sam has once again refused to cough up what he knows about UFOs? Is there an international force pulling the strings on information? If governments really do know anything, do they understand it themselves? Hello there, and welcome to the 300... and first edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and all those pregnant questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Well, before we introduce our guest, it is, of course, contest time. Take it away, Ben. So last week's question was, in what African country did police like film 24 UFOs in the sky in March 2009? Uh, the winner was Chris Wojcik of Worcester, Massachusetts, and the answer was South Africa. This week's question is a little unexpected. Uh, what island is considered the most haunted in Antarctica? You don't An- think of Antarctica as a, being a place having a ghost problem. Well, there's really no one there, so you wouldn't really So you think. Anyway. Uh, well, um, if, you, if you can deal with that, call us locally at 401-766-1240 or from anywhere in the U.S. at 800-449-1240. If I don't announce a winner during the show and you still think you have a shot, drop a line to me at ben at behindtheparanormal.com. And the winner will receive a copy of UFOs and Nukes, Extraordinary Encounters, at Nuclear Weapons Sites by Robert Hastings, one of our past guests. Uh, Making his second appearance this year on Behind the Paranormal this evening is Stephen Bassett, a leading advocate for ending the 64-year government-imposed truth embargo regarding an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. Steve is the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group and the Political Action Committee, XPPAC, and the executive director of the X Conference. His work has been extensively covered by international media, and you might have seen major events he organized at the National Press Club and other highly visible venues. Most recently, Steve uh, has organized World Disclosure Day and took the White House up on its offer that if an online petition uh, at the White House website gets at least 5,000 signatures in 30 days, staffers there will find someone in the government to officially address the issue. <laughs> well... Steve's petition is for U.S. government was for U.S. government dis- disclosure, and it got well over 12,000 signatures. Uh, many uh, other sites deal with Steve's work, of course, www.paradigmresearchgroup.org, exopoliticsworld.net, factsonwashington.org, xconference.com, and there are a bunch of others. I'm sure they all link to each other. And again, if you'd like to speak with us or our guest this evening, you're welcome to call us locally, 401-766-1240 in the local area, or... And somebody did ask, somebody was stuck in traffic in Boston and said, do we have to dial 401? I said, yes, you do. So, I don't know. Well, unless Rhode Island and Massachusetts become one giant state, which... No, we have enough problems with this. Thank you very much. So, Steve Bassett, welcome back to Beyond the Paranormal. Hi, fellas. It's great to be with you again. Very good. So, take it away, Ben. All right. So, what did the White House do as a result of this petition? Here's what we've accomplished so far. The White House initiated a petition process uh, in a section of their website called We the People. It's very easy to find. You go to whitehouse.gov, and there's a link on the very top page to We the People. It's a very interesting concept. Uh, They're allowing people and organizations to submit petitions. If you get enough signatures within a certain amount of time, you will get a formal response from the White House or the appropriate uh, entity within the executive branch. 
they it went active on September 22nd. They started promoting it in late August. So me jumped right on that, and uh, what's happened so far is this. Paradigm Research Group got a petition up on day one, September 22nd, which essentially was uh, asking the president to to disclose uh, the, the ET presence and uh, start uh, releasing files from military services and uh, government agencies. There was a second petition that went up at the same time. Uh, this was um, more in the area of evidence. It was asking uh, the government to address the witnesses uh, and interview them, investigate, and what have you. These two petitions went up on the same day. They achieved the necessary signatures required, which at the time was 5,000. They have since raised that limit to 25,000 within 30 days. One of the reasons they raised the limit is they got a little scared because they've got, they got 10, 12, 15,000 petitions sent within the first three weeks. So they were worried they may have to respond to thousands of petitions. Hmm. It shows you how eager people are to participate and get, you know, and communicate with the government, get responses back, and so forth. Uh, in other words, people want to participate in democracy uh, if given the chance. So the goal of the, the, the Paradigm Research Group petition and all of the information about this and the ongoing process is at an information site called Disclosure, or with an URL of DisclosurePetition.info disclosurepetition.info, and I encourage your listeners to go there, okay. is that the, the Disclosure Petition 1 got the White House and the Executive Branch to issue a formal position regarding the ET presence issue. Not UFOs, which is not what this movement is about. This movement is about uh, getting governments of the world to acknowledge this extraterrestrial non-human intelligence that's engaging us. Uh, okay. It was the first time since... It's the first time ever that the executive branch of the government have gone on record in a formal way with the position on this issue. Okay, I have a, I have a question from our producer. Do you, do you have a, a speakerphone or something, that you, or a radio? If you could just turn it down. I'm shifting. I'm shifting to a different mode. Hopefully, that'll be a little better. Okay, because we're getting some back feed here. That's that's good. Okay. okay. Yeah. This, so, uh, okay. Sorry, Steve. Go ahead. Can I, can I go? Okay, fine. Um, the, the, the White House uh, Office of Technology, uh, Science and Technology Policy responded to the disclosure petition on November the 4th. It was about nine paragraphs. And what it stated was, unequivocally, there is no evidence and never has been for any life outside the planet Earth or for any non-human intelligence engaging the planet or anybody on it. This was um, about as harsh as you can get and sort of what I expected. Mm -hmm. uh, so what, what has happened now is now the White House has actually put a, a formal position down that completely uh, denies the validity of the massive evidence that has been amassed since 1947, a huge amount of evidence, which uh, most of uh, your listeners are quite aware of, and a good deal of the American people are quite aware of it because right now about half or about 140 million American adults believe that this phenomenon is, in fact, extraterrestrial in origin. And about 240 million, about 80% believe of the adult population, believe that, it's, that the government's not telling the truth. And yet this was the position put forward by the White House. That's exactly what we wanted. 
Really? Now, okay. Now, now that we have a formal stationary object here, we're going to go after that position and we're going to break it. The so so what happened next is that disclosure petition two was submitted to the White House website. We the people, and again, you can read that the full uh, petition at disclosurepetition.info. And what this petition is doing is bringing directly to their doorstep significant evidence, naming names that they uh, need to address. And in this instance, it has to do with the Rockefeller Initiative. Okay, could you so disclosure that? petition to uh, roughly states that we uh, petition the Obama administration to demand a full congressional investigation of the UFO ET uh, uh, research efforts, investigation efforts, um, uh, under behest of a uh, Clinton friend, Lawrence Rockefeller, um, between 1993 and 1996. And we call that the Rockefeller Initiative. And then there's some explanatory material, as well as two links directly to the documents that confirm the Rockefeller Initiative fully. Okay. In other words, it's it's it's, it's unequivocally uh, fact. Uh, the documents were obtained from the government by Freedom of Information. We have over a thousand pages, and so these documents are up on the website at, at Paradigm Research Group, and the full narrative of the Rockefeller Initiative is up at presidentialufo.com. So they're going to have a real, real problem responding to that petition. Now, a second petition called the Need to Know Petition was put up virtually at the same time, which is approximately, it was around December the 1st. Um, and this petition was calling on the White House to uh, investigate the phenomena of un un unidentified aerial objects that are being reported by thousands of pilots, uh, at least been reported in the sense that they're submitting their reports to a reporting entity and have been for years because they're not allowed to go public anymore with these kinds of sightings. They're, they're, they're told they have to keep quiet, whether they're civilian or military. So these two petitions are, are up, and they, that one is also challenging the government on a very straightforward evidentiary basis. In other words, the White House has now stated there is no evidence at all for a uh, non-human intelligence engaging this planet, and yet we've got thousands of pilots reports, which include sightings of 40-foot silver discs off their cockpit windows. And I can assure you those aren't flying uh, turkeys, hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so the, these two petitions present a huge problem for the White House, and that's exactly what the game plan is. However, the, here's where things take a turn. <laughs> The, uh, as we say, the, the We the People initiative increased the threshold for a, a White House response to 25,000 around the second week of, of September, meaning you have to get 25,000 signatures in 30 days. So it's a more formidable challenge. Hmm. However, we pre-promoted both of these petitions. There's heavy, but the, the uh, need to know petition can be, can be viewed extensively at disclosurepetition.com. And, of course, the petitions from PRG can be examined at disclosurepetition.info. Oh, we'll, we'll put a link, these, too, on our site. Yeah, and these petitions were heavily pre-promoted, and, of course, I've already done 30 or, I don't know, 30 interviews. We had a lot of exposure to the first one 
The dispersed disclosure petition generated more media than all of the other submitted petitions combined, and, and about 300 did go public on the White House website because they got the minimum 150 signature threshold to be published of the 14,000, about 300. And uh, but but then things went bad. What happened is that basically the White House website came apart like an overcooked chicken. <laughs> Uh, immediately we were getting re- reports, scores of emails coming in from people that couldn't create a new account, they couldn't log into their old account, they couldn't get the sign-in buttons to work, uh, the web browsers wouldn't work, and this just went, I uh, it's still going on, this, this started right around December 1st, though some people say it went into, started in late November, and it, it was true for this petition, it was true for the need-to-know petition, and it was possibly true for all the petitions. In other words, the site just went haywire. Now, it's also been down for maintenance repeatedly. It was down for maintenance last night. And as a result, people are angry, they're frustrated, and they're not able to sign. And that means they're not promoting the link, they're not sharing the link on their social networks like Facebook and MySpace and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And the signature count is modest. It's only uh, it's over 2,000. But by this time, uh, the, the, the same, at the same time, uh, the last time around, Disclosure Petition 1 had about eight, 9,000 signatures. So the effect of this is that all the petitions that were submitted between, you know, certainly the third week of November to now really had no chance, um, or a lot of them didn't, uh, because there were just so many problems with people being able to use the We the People website and uh, create an account, log in, what have you, that the signatures didn't create. So the effect would be that very few petitions have any chance at all of reaching 25,000, which kind of gets the White House off the hook. They don't have to respond to these. Yeah, it does. Now, this is not cool. We don't we don't know what's going on. We have no way of, of ascertaining the why and the what. However, we are trying to to encourage people to contact the We the People um, feedback and support. And there's, a, there's actually a feedback uh, uh, link right on the We the People website up in the right corner and, and request that these petitions in the uh, second half of November and the first of December get to at least two-week extensions to compensate for all the problems that people were having using the site. That's number one. Mm-hmm. All right? Um, in the meantime, there are still approximately 18 days left, and we are going to continue to make a run at this. There's still media opportunities available, and I'm going to pursue them, as well as uh, Richard Dolan and Bryce Sable, who are the people, the force behind the Need to Know petition. We're going to pursue this and see if we can still get enough signatures by December 30 to get and, and, and demand and require a formal response from the White House. So this is... This is kind of what's going on. Now, the thing is, if this doesn't work because of the mess that they've created at the site, then we'll just submit another one in early January and start all over again. Okay. We're just not going to stop. Uh, the petition that the White House, the position that was issued by the White House through the Office of Science and Technology Policy, which is headed by Director Dr. John Holder on November the 4th, is both false and indefensible. And simple fact is that there's really not much they can do except run and hide. Because if they are forced by the press to actually respond to questions about that and to start responding to questions about the need-to-know evidence and the evidence uh, regarding the Rockefeller Initiative and so much more, the truth embargo is over. 
Well, Steve, I was going to ask collapse. you that. Uh, yeah. Ben's got another question, but before we ask that, have you taken the a, a sort of a, a flanking maneuver by means of the national press? I don't mean shows like this. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, and, and to get them to, to ask those questions. Once they start doing yeah. it, it might become more acceptable. Well, it's, it's already acceptable, but they're not going far enough. There, there have been thousands and thousands of articles on this phenomenon in the mainstream press the last few years. You go to paradigmresearchgroup.org and go to the media archive section, you can see them. I've got over six, I'm approaching, I think, 6,000. Oh, that's true, but they're all, articles. a lot of them seem to be tongue-in-cheek. Not tongue-in-cheek, but you know what I mean. And not, as you say, not going far enough. Yeah, let's, let's be clear now. There are very few tongue-in-cheek articles. They tend to run a couple percent tops. Yeah. Most of them are straight reportage. They just don't go far enough. They don't, they don't start, they don't ask the appropriate people the right questions. They're not challenging the government. They're staying below a threshold that might endanger the truth embargo. But what's happened now is that as more and more reporters learn about this statement, issued by the OSPP, the Office of Science and Technology Policy. Because reporters and editors are smart people. They, they watch History Channel. They, they, they sort of see the, what's out there. And, and now they have the White House basically saying, oh, no, none of that. None, none of the evidence has been, been, <laughs> it's been showing on those cable channels for the last 10 years, hundreds and hundreds of documentaries and witness accounts and reports, photographs, videos. None of that is credible. I mean, literally, that's what the position said. There it's is amazing. no credible evidence. And I think it's going to offend reporters and editors to a degree that they're going to say, wait a minute, this stinks. This stinks to high heaven. And so, again, the, the White House position, uh, if you go to whitehouse.gov and go to We the People, you can find the, the position. In the response section, you'll see the response from the White House to the first disclosure petition, or the first two, rather, and read it for yourself. It's not going away. And, of course, we have many copies of it. So they're on, they're on paper. They're on record now. They can't run from this. They, they can try to hide. They can, you know, try to dodge and weave. But this is their position. It's completely indefensible. This is, this is what's going on. This is the strategy that PRG is following. I have written a couple of articles. I think I'm going to be published now, start being published in Huffington Post. There's two articles ready to go. With the luck, they'll come out in the next seven days, uh, and there's going to be more of that. I have more media scheduled. We're just going to, to pound this uh, and, and until we get what we want, and what we want is the U.S. government has got to end this 64, soon to be 65-year charade. It no longer is justifiable for national security reasons, and tell the people the truth. They're not alone in the universe, and not only are not alone, but other and non-intelligence entity, non-human intelligence, is already engaging us in very interesting and complex ways, and 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 then we'll deal with it, right? We're not children, we're not potted plants. We'll deal with it, and then we'll instruct them how we want them to deal with it, and that's the way it's going to be. There is no other option. Okay, well, here's a question I wanted to ask you. Do you sometimes wake up late at night with the feeling that maybe they don't really know anything? I mean, despite no. the evidence, you know, and I mean, they know plenty. They know okay. tons. Yeah. They have they have billions of dollars at their disposal. They have they have a space agency. They have orbiting satellites. They have incredibly sophisticated equipment. They have massive facilities for doing research and reengineering. A lot of which is underground. We don't have any of that, and we've already we've we've just the citizen science activist movement is is already amassed a truckload of evidence. 
Yeah. So if we can do that, they can do many times that. So, no, I don't have any concern about that. All right. Uh, Steve, suppose they um, they do know what's happening but can't understand it, can't um, perhaps uh, explain it, uh, perhaps because of the alien nature or, or the motives of the interaction that's going on. Uh, I, I, perhaps they they just can't put it into words. I don't know. Perhaps they just can't explain it. What, what, what is that? That's not good we're enough. We're not asking. We're not asking the government to explain everything. We're asking the government to acknowledge that they're here. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll go from there. Maybe, maybe they could use a little help in trying to understand it. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the people that manage this issue probably number in a, a couple of dozen, and uh, there's another seven billion people out there. So yeah, uh, we'll be happy to help them out. All right. Uh, they, well, they could use a little help. Okay. Let's go a little deeper into this then. Now, many people lately have told us that they get the feeling the government is just maybe not a front, but something like that in this issue, and that someone else is pulling the strings on this information. Do you have any, I mean, you're a Washington insider. Do you have any information uh, or evidence that some international cabal or private organization or, or even corporation has the information you're looking for? It's not a question of the information we're looking for. We're looking for the acknowledgement of the extraterrestrial presence, not by the Illuminati or the Rothschilds. Or oh, no, no, I know. We're not talking Bilderberg. about conspiracy. We're looking for the acknowledgement by the United States government. And whoever's pulling the strings, uh, if they don't want it to happen, so what? We don't care. Okay. Uh, we yeah, want, the, we that, want yeah. the U.S. government to acknowledge this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if there are those influencing the government not to do this, then again, and that means there's a tug of war going on. But, uh, again, the reporters and the editors out there, if they finally get on the job here, unless the entire reporting editing core of the major media in the United States are under the fluence of dark cabals that we don't know about, then at some point they're going to challenge this issue, and that's going to be the ballgame. Now, 30 years in journalism, I've never seen any evidence of that. Uh, people accuse the press of that, you know, at, at all times and in all places. And I remember sitting on the fourth floor of the Providence Journal uh, for years, and uh, well, not the fourth floor, the third floor, <laughs> not being at the center of decision making. But you know, you know what I had? I'll be honest with you. People might be surprised to hear this. My job, I was a wire editor for years. This goes back a long time. My job was to watch, among other things, watch CNN and see what they were doing. Sure. You know, and instead of making our own decisions, we kind of went along with seeing. I don't know if it's like that today, but I thought that was I was kind of scandalized by that. Anyway, uh, moving on here, uh, Ben, uh, you had another question. Yeah, uh, have you ever tried approaching other governments for informa- for uh, the acknowledgement of an alien presence? I, I can't do that. But there's no resources for that. I, I, you know, I'm trying to build a network around the world, the exopolitics world network, and some of the, and, and there are people there that are that are approaching governments. Uh, and there's some researchers that are approaching other governments. In other words, each of the, more and more there are groups that are uh, engaging the government on this issue in other countries, and, and these people are from that country, and it's appropriate that they do that. Uh, it's probably not so appropriate that I do that, uh, and frankly, it's just not possible. We just don't have resources. It's enough, it's, a, it's enough of a challenge just to, just to pursue this issue in the United States. However, I do travel and I've spoken around the world to try to raise public awareness, and I'm happy to do that, but that's to galvanize people in other countries to challenge their government. Okay. All right. Do you have any unofficial sources inside the government, and what do they say if you do? I, I'm not. I'm not operated in a way that I have like deep uh, throat kind of contact. And I don't have that. I've had on occasion 
some chats with people that were in military intelligence that have confirmed the ET presence. I know some people that have had similar confirmations made to them. But again, these are off the record at a party, um, and I mean, it doesn't really amount to much, but it's nice to hear these kind of confirmations coming from people that have been, been exposed to some of these things. Um, uh, but again, all of that doesn't mean much until the President of the United States acknowledges the extraterrestrial presence. Hmm. And, the, and the President of France, and the Premier of China, and you know the President of, of the UK, and, and so forth. All nations of the world are going to have to acknowledge this. Right, well, uh, they're running out. They, they they really are running out of time to be who see who's first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because there are now quite a few nations that could step forward at any time. Okay, we are going to take a commercial break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON twelve forty AM, ONWorldwide.com in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. We'll be right back with our guest, Steve Bassett. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Greg Bell, the host of When Radio Was. I'm Mortimer. Bill. Is that you under that blindfold? Bill. With this thing on, I can't see who I am. No, I imagine not. Can't you see anything at all under that blindfold? On a clear day, I can see the blindfold. You can. When Radio Was, shows from the past for today's imaginations. When Radio Was airs Monday through Friday right here on ON 1240 Radio at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Wanted to tell you about Amazon Kindle Fire. Of course, it is the newest version of the Kindle e-reader device on which you can get all kinds of books, newspapers, and uh, magazines, uh, up to 900,000. But here we go a step farther. Uh, released in November, ready for, for uh, holiday uh, gift giving, is the Kindle Fire. $199. You can get movies, uh, all sorts of information, uh, downloads, websites. You can surf the web. You can do all sorts of things. And plus, still get those 900,000 books, newspapers, and magazines, including four of my books. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, just about all the guests uh, we have on the show, too, are authors, and they have books as well that are available on Amazon Kindle. So, again, check it out, AmazonKindle.com or Staples. Staples has these uh, marvelous devices as well. So check it out, Amazon Kindle Fire. All right, we um, Don't have we got a problem. Okay, well, we are back uh, behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. CBS News. I, no, I'm sorry. Why do I always do that? That's last night. W-O-O-N. It's Monday. It's okay. Yeah. And uh, ONWorldwide.com in New England's beautiful valley, uh, the Blackstone River. And we are, um, of course, uh, we've lost our guest here through some uh, sort of technical issue, and we will try to get her back. We're talking with Steve Bassett. And Steve is a uh, very well-known Washington insider, but he's also a a uh, well-known UFO uh, and a disclosure activist. Now, you know, the term disclosure you often hear on the show uh, means uh, that that people want the government or governments uh, of the world to come clean on what they know about, uh, in Steve's case especially, the uh, interaction with alien life that they believe is going on. Uh, Steve rightly points out, uh, and has pointed out on several shows he's been on here with us, there are um, an amazing number of, of volumes and volumes of evidence, photography, recordings, um, videos, every, and, and needless to say, uh, all sorts of... Um, other media facets. Other media things. Well, you know, Ben, what always gets me is that, you know, the first thing in a court of law that people look for is an eyewitness. Yeah. And somehow in the, the realm of the paranormal, that's not good enough. Uh, anybody who has an experience like this must be crazy or blind or deaf or something like that. You know, well, it doesn't uh, go with the party line. No, it doesn't. Uh, or they ha- they have to somehow be. Have we got him back? 
Yeah. Oh, we do. Okay, here we're yakking on. Steve, we lost you there for a minute. Uh, why don't we pick up where we left off? Uh, I guess, uh, Ben, do you want to ask that? Uh, where why don't you ask the new question? Because we, we're going to be ah, running yes. up the alley. The new question. Okay, so I would I would like to ask, uh, well, what? why don't you tell us about the Paradigm Research Group? Well, before I do, man, let, let me make let me, let me a couple of points here. Uh, which, because I, I was here listening to y'all talking. Okay, yeah, please continue then, sure. The extraterrestrial issue is not paranormal. Right, it's normal. Well, yeah, well, so, so is the rest of the paranormal. It's normal too, but we just, perhaps we throw the well, word well, around. I, 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 I would even go that far. There is no such thing as paranormal. It, it, there is. It, it is a nomenclature that, frankly, increasingly, I think, is a barrier. Um, but with respect to the extraterrestrials in particular, because paranormal covers a very broad range, um, the idea that there are multiple uh, life-bearing planets in a galaxy that has quite a few trillion stars, uh, and the fact that you know it, it, that that life can develop to be intelligent and have space travel like us is is anything but paranormal, totally normal. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we we need to we need to view this phenomena is no more extraordinary than when uh, back in the 1400s some, some Europeans sailed to the United uh, to America, North America and discovered there were people living there. Now, and let's also talk about the UFO. One of the most important things that people need to understand is for some time now, this is not about UFO. UFO is, is the language of the, of, of the early part of this. It is tainted. It has got baggage was used by the government as part of the disinformation, misinformation, and, and ridicule campaign that is at the center of the truth embargo. This issue is not about UFOs. It's about non-human intelligence engaging this planet, flying around in our airspace and disc and craft, um, possibly more, more than one kind of such craft, and even engaging human beings. And we have hundreds of thousands of written accounts about that. Uh, so uh, one of the problems that some people have is, making this transition from, quote, the era of the UFO to the era of the extraterrestrial non-human uh, phenomena. Uh, you know, some people think, well, no, they're not from another planet, from, they're not from, from another dimension. Fine. I don't really care. It's the same thing politically. Uh, it needs to be acknowledged, and we need disclosure. So I just want to make, make that point. Now, sure. with respect to your question, Paradigm Research Group is the, is the uh, core organization that has been now since 16th year, it's an advocacy organization, and it's doing everything it can to get disclosure. It's that simple. It has a political action committee, XPAC, which is functioning, but kind of in suspension. Um, it will be there when the time is when the time is right. Uh, it is also created the Exit Politics World Network, the Exit Politics United States Network, the Facts on Washington, which is still on undergo under, underway. You can go to factsonwashington.org and get the info to send a a uh, letter of facts email to. In this case, the Washington Press Corps, that's where we're focusing right now, because we believe the press is the fastest route to disclosure right now. Uh, obviously, any number of governments could do it tomorrow, but in terms, assuming they're not going to do that, the fastest way is to finally get the media to wake up and go, okay, it's time to be an independent uh, uh, counterbalance to state government, to, to state policies, and to inform the public and also... Um, challenge the government uh, on what is going on. They have they've lost that capacity to to a degree, and they're starting to fail us in a, in a, in a big way. And, and I, this happens in other countries as well. 
obviously we're concerned about the United States. So the, the press is a key focus. And so the Facts on Washington at factsonwashington.org is about getting, uh, you know, facts and emails and letters into them saying, look, do your job. I mean, how, how, I, I watched the, the, um, daily press briefing that is done in the briefing room of the White House many, many times. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard a question about this phenomenon ever posed to the uh, press secretary, mm. uh, even though the phenomenon is worldwide and massively followed by the public. And this, this is unacceptable. Uh, so uh, PRG is also uh, certainly engaging the media extensively, uh, and um, other projects are certainly possible if the funding is there. The principal problem in, this, in the advocacy movement is the funding. The, the truth embargo was so effective that even people that are convinced this is true are reluctant to to provide the kind of funding and allow this advocacy to proceed aggressively. And that's unfortunate, but it, it's getting better. And I, and I think that more, most people realize now that uh, this idea that uh, you're going to be the, the, the laughing stock or that people are going to make a lot of fun of you is less and less the case. I mean, this phenomenon is everywhere. It's known around the world. There are movies being made with extraterrestrials and all the time. There's more on the way, television shows, and the evidence continues to amass. So we're hoping for some funding breakthroughs, and, and that will really enhance the advocacy process and, and make it that much more certain that the U.S. And, or, or another country is going to break this uh, spell and finally get, get bring the truth, at least the fundamental truth of their presence, to the world's people who, who certainly do have a right to know. Uh, about the nature of the reality. All right. Now, Steve, suppose the alternative, uh, the pre- do you have a third alternative beyond the press? Suppose the media fails at this. What do you do then? Courts? What? The, the other major, pre- well, the other major factor is the competition between the nations that are starting to deal with this issue. And we're encouraging that. We're publicizing that. Uh, a dozen or more nations have released tens upon tens of thousands of documents from their files, kind of just putting them out into the public domain on yeah, websites. Including the British. France and Canada and Norway and Sweden mm-hmm. and uh, Ecuador and Mexico and Brazil. Uh, Russia talked about doing that. We don't think they've done it yet. Uh, th- 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 these are very significant uh, actions on the part of these countries. It's not like they're just trying to create some room on their computers. By doing this, they are stimulating enormous amount of press, they are raising expectations, and, and these files are being downloaded all over the world, the servers, by the millions. So in other words, they're just sort of spreading the evidence around. It doesn't matter that some of them may be silly or that may be not be important. The point is there is important evidence and important information in, in a lot of these downloads and dumps that they're, they're putting out. They're sending a message to the U.S. that they're losing patience and that maybe they might take unilateral action here. So we're certainly encouraging and spreading information about that. So you have the press could be a major um, turning point if they decide to act. You've got other countries that are putting pressure. We're encouraging that. Um, and direct engagement of the of the politicians themselves has proved pretty fruitless. Yeah. Uh, I think nobody's surprised at that. I mean... I don't, in my lifetime, I've certainly never seen the U.S. government more dysfunctional than it is now. Uh, most of us can agree on that. Yeah, so uh, that, that avenue would normally be there. I mean, you would, you would engage members of Congress, you would talk to them, you would suggest 
you know, things they might do. You might try to create a, a coalition of members of Congress to introduce a bill, but you can't do any of that. I mean, and as far as the executive branch, well, we just finally got a chance to approach them because of their own initiative, well, which I appreciate. I thank them for that. And, of course, we got back a response. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's even more embarrassing that, then the third explanation the Air Force came up for Roswell, you know, the mogul balloon and the, yeah. you know, the, 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 the test dummies mm-hmm. that happened to have been used five years after Roswell. Uh, so I, I don't want the government to be embarrassed. I don't want the military services to be embarrassed. I, I'm not trying to, to create trouble here. I'm just trying to get them to do what is right, and that is to tell the, the people of this country, and by extension the people of the world, they're not alone in the universe. And they need to start readjusting their thinking, and possibly we, we and, and, and not possibly, but certainly, we need to know what kind of technological uh, progress they've made based upon ET technology in their hands for the last 60 years, and whether any of that could be very useful to the human race and to Americans that are facing enormous challenges, economically, environmentally, and what have you. This, you know, one of the things that irritates me is you hear these stories about people in the, uh, maybe in the military or sometimes in, in, in uh, government military contractors where they, they will brag about how, you know, well, whatever you think we have, we're really 50, 75 years ahead of that. And I'm going, well, you know, we have problems right now. So if you have advanced, advanced, advanced technology, um, we, we would like to see that uh, applied to some of these issues. We realize there are certain national security concerns, but we have deep suspicions that it's really about keeping everything secret and not really about, quote, giving up secrets to our enemies. Um, they pretty much classify everything now. I mean, it's the, the default position is that classify everything. Everything's a secret. And then make, make us come and get it. This is kind of the way it operates. Obama talked about open transparency in, in government for many, many times during the campaign and somewhat since. And he's made almost no progress there. A little bit, but... Not, not worth mentioning. So this is all lip service. We want the real deal. But we have enormous problems right now, and we need all the technological help we can get. All right, let, uh, let's turn – um, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, let, let's turn this around a little bit, Steve. Suppose mm-hmm. you are successful. Suppose some information is released, uh, even with some detail. How are you going to tell if it's true? It's the same way. One of the ways you you tell if it's true when the government issues any information is the media is supposed to look at it real carefully, use their resources to assess its validity, and report it to us. Now, if the media does that job, that's one way. Plus, the, the, the private sector is filled with universities and colleges and extremely smart people that are able to look at this and assess it. This is so going to sound awful, true, but there aren't an awful lot of smart people in education, the media, true, or the and government. government will have a problem on its hands. Yeah. All right. Let, okay, let, let me suggest a, thir- a third or fourth alternative here. Um, mm-hmm. Locally, here in Rhode Island, Rhode Island is a very, very small state. People know each other. It's more like a small town. There's a lot of emphasis when people are interested in a political issue of, of any kind, information or otherwise, that people make personal contact with their, whether it be the congressional delegation or whether it be their own local representatives. 
they this might get, not get you anywhere, but you're certainly not going to get anywhere if you don't contact your representatives. So I think that's a very important thing. When a representative or a senator hears from his or her constituents, that cuts ice. These are the people who vote for you, you know. And I think if enough people would respond simply personally to their congressional representatives, that might help the cause somewhat. I won't deny that if large numbers of people started sending, but of course this has been going on, and people have been yeah, asking oh, sure. this for the last 20 years, uh, That, but if they really got it going and started sending constant queries to their representatives, Senate, both the Senate and the House, that they would note it. But I can tell you that that these queries have been made over the years, and they are universally ignored. Yeah, well, that's Uh, true. Occasionally, you get something. And I know one constituent who was very aggressive with this, pursued his member of Congress, who's a pretty good guy, and actually arranged a meeting for me and that person on the Hill, but nothing came of it. Yeah. Again, look, we, we, we we have a petition up on the White House We the People website right now. 140 million people in this country, according to repeated polling by Reuters and Roper and CNN and Time, shown between 40 and 50 percent of the people believe this is this, this phenomenon is extraterrestrial. That, that's about 140 million adults. We just need 25,000 signatures. It takes about five minutes. The damn site's working right, and Bing, you got it. And you can also sign other petitions. There's about 100 up there right now. Uh, so part of the problem is the truth embargo, which was so heavily financed and pursued by the U.S. government, military intelligence, from 1950, certainly from 53 forward, but to some degree from 47 to 53, has been so effective that people are sort of in a hypnotic state. Even though they know it's true, they, they've been conditioned that, well, you just don't talk about it. You know, you just don't, you kind of don't go there. And believe me, governments love to do this, particularly when it comes to war. They love to, to, to condition people to the point that, well, you know, I, you, I, I really hate war, and it can be awful, but I just won't challenge them on that. It's kind of like, well, whatever you want to do. And, and this kind of conditioning, this kind of hypnotic state, is the kind of thing that over the centuries has destroyed empires and mm. nations, republics. You're right. You know, when the people get in that state, then they, they are no longer a factor in the in, in the, the the future and 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 the the destiny of that nation. It's pretty much going to be in the hands of a limited number of people. And we know that when you're talking about people of power and money, they are so often corrupt, so often uh, out of touch that they 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 are more than capable of destroying. The country, even even the ones that have good intentions, that's why this is supposed to be a participatory, representative democracy. And right now, the American people are kind of in a hypnotic state. It's almost like they're sedated. And while some are starting to step up, the numbers are still tiny compared to the numbers that are needed to really start uh, sorting things out here in this country. So. What can I say? Uh, yeah, I, I wish that every, you know, if we just had 10% of the of the of the adults in this country send letters, 10% of the people that believe this issue is true were to send letters to their members of Congress over the next few months. The impact might be significant. At least but I can't imagine that happening. Yeah, uh, Ben's got another. 
All right, I believe you told us on a previous show um, that you have never um, seen what we feel or what you feel as a genuine UFO experience. And uh, if if not, like if you've never had a genuine UFO experience, then why are you so passionate about all this? You know, there were plenty of people that had never experienced racism that were quite passionate about the uh, anti-segregation movement, the civil rights movement. There were plenty of people who uh, supported the women's, plenty of men supported the women's rights movement. Um, there are major issues in the world, uh, like hunger. There are plenty of activists that are trying to deal with the hunger issue, though they've never gone hungry. Uh, this issue is the most profound and important issue in the world today, with implications that are global. Um, we agree. The, the history of it and the history of the truth embargo uh, point to major areas of potential uh, dysfunction, not potential, but real dysfunction in the American system. We're seeing that manifest in many ways. Uh, so if, if you're of a political activist mentality, believe me, you don't have to see an extraterrestrial to know that this issue has got to be resolved. Mm, very true. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> have any more questions, Ben? I just think Steve. I want to give Steve a chance to talk about uh, the websites uh, once again and uh, just kind of sum up. And uh, anything else he feels need to be said needs to be said this evening. Go ahead, Steve. Certainly. Um, again, paradigmresearchgroup.org is the main site. Um, they petition for. Uh, the, the disclosure petition too by PRG is at disclosurepetition.info. The need to know petition can be that is being uh, was developed and written by Bryce Dable and Richard Dolan is at disclosurepetition.com. They are all up at the We the People section right now. They need all the signatures we can get. We need people to spread the word and a direct link to these petitions. We can always go up to the White House website, but there is a direct link to them to spread the, that through their Facebook and Twitter and MySpace and there are banners on these sites you can grab and use to, to, to put links up on your website. Spread the word. Let's try to get some virality here uh, and see if we can jam some signatures up, even in spite of the fact that the White House site has been not functioning. It has simply been operating in a very erratic and, and way, and it's driving people crazy. Mm-hmm. I know because I've got the emails to prove it. <laughs> but whatever. I mean, you know, this, this is a truth movement. It's also a freedom movement. Uh, you know, if we can get that ET technology in play, we might be free of massive energy costs in, in, in no time. Uh, and it's, and it's, I think that justice, uh, it, there's a certain justice here that needs to be pursued. So, you know, guess what? Truth, truth freedom, justice, they don't come easy. No, so they're not served true. up very true. from room service. You actually have to work to get them. And when you stop working to get them, they go away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I'm suggesting people try to think how much they want to support this truth movement. I mean, it's it's worldwide. It's developing. Uh, We can do as much as we can. We can accomplish resources that we have, but the government is working very hard to make sure we have as little as possible. This is not the only movement where people's efforts and options are limited. Certainly, in some countries, totalitarian or semi-totalitarian states, they're constantly doing that, and they're better, and you know, they're very good at it. They just they just simply make it almost impossible for you to challenge them. Of course, we expect more from the United States. 
Yeah, for uh, sure. So mm-hmm. it's, up, it's up to the people at this point. The government is not prepared to relent on this, and they just issued a petition, position that there is nothing going on. There is no evidence at all. None of the astronauts, none of the people coming forward with first-hand statements uh, of, 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 of tampering with nukes, military officers, security clearances, photos, thousands of pilot sightings of disc off windows. Not all of them in that way, but many of them are. Uh, none of that is of any importance. None of it is valid. None of it is credible. That is the current position of the United States. It is an insult to our intelligence. It is an embarrassment. It's not true, and it's indefensible. And haven't we had enough indefensible lies from our own government, and haven't we seen the consequences of that enough? When are we going to demand truth in government and real open transparency? Uh, what, five years from now, 20 years from now? How bad have things got to get before the American people decide to get the ball going here? So well, that's, may, that's, what, may be, that's what we're all, and we're going to do the best we can. Very good. Well, there may be a point of no return. Hopefully we haven't passed it. Steve, it's always a pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll be talking to you off the air. Thank you. I'm sure there'll be plenty to do in the near future, and I do have to go, guys. I'll be in touch. Very good. Have a good one. Okay, Steve Bassett, everyone, ParadigmResearchGroup.org. Paradigm spelled P-A-R-I-D-I-G-M, researchgroup.org. Check it out. Oop. Okay. Now, we do have time. Is that a caller? We've got a caller. Hopefully we didn't want to talk to uh, Steve because we don't have him anymore. Okay. Did we lose him? Yeah. All right. Maybe is, is, was there a question? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Okay, I'm asking the call back. All right, yeah, we still have about five minutes. Uh, please call back, uh, 401-766-1240 or 800-449-1240, and we still are here for a few minutes. In the meantime, you know, we're having trouble with all these phones lately here. This is from, I wish I could pronounce it, it's a lovely old Welsh name, P-O-W-Y-S, I, Hannah, anyway, that's the, from South Africa, writes in from Cape Town. And she is just uh, commenting on asking uh, several very interesting questions we probably won't have time to fully answer. Yep, considering we only have about five minutes. Uh, But Hannah writes, Dear Paul, I have just read your book, Footsteps in the Attic, and I am very grateful for finally finding some sane information regarding the paranormal. I have some questions, as I have never bought into the seance room theory myself, but why do some very genuine psychics seem to pick up on ghosts and are able to take them into the light with success? Okay, l- let's stop there. We'll, we'll, we're going to continue with this, because there are a number of questions, and she's written another one, too, uh, more recently. Okay, we've been talking about this a little bit lately, because a case came up that I, I sort of dug up out of my, my remote past, 1976, uh, when I was a student for the priesthood. And I began, was beginning to realize there's a lot more to the ghost thing and the paranormal in general than is commonly thought of in the literature and in the 19th century spiritualist approach. The light is an interesting subject. We believe that today we have photographs of this light. We don't believe that it is the, the gateway to heaven, necessarily. It seems to be the boundaries... The, uh, the electromagnetically charged boundary of, mo- of of any number of parallel realities that are not separate from us but interact with us all the time. And when the interaction gets really dramatic, aha, a ghost, a uh, cryptid, a uh, Bigfoot or something like this. So that, that uh, successful people, mediums and psychics who guide people to the light, they could be making a very, very serious mistake. 
and we'll continue with this in future shows, but essentially I have found the light to be just the boundaries between worlds. And if you're guiding someone, if you are in contact with someone that something that actually is what it claims to be and isn't some parasitical joke or, or ruse, then you could be guiding someone into a world that's hellish. And uh, because you don't hear from them again, you think, aha, they've guided them into the, the heavenly realm and everything's ducky. Well, it might not be. You might have done a very dangerous, reckless, and terrible thing. So that's my first response to that whole idea of guiding people into the light. And we, we're, we're simply sort of out of time here now, so we're, we'll continue with that. Uh, there you go. Uh, that particular letter and some very uh, interesting other communications from Hannah. Okay. So, again, we uh, want to thank our, our sainted uh, producer, Steve Bianchi, and we'll see you next Monday, December 19th, here on 1240 AM and onworldwide.com, when our guest will be Thomas Reed, who uh, says that he has documented evidence that his entire family was inducted, uh, abducted by aliens uh, for genetic manipulation in the 1960s onward. In our regular CBS Radio edition on December 18th, we will welcome Thomas Reed for the first part. Wait, what? Oh, no. In- <laughs> our, our CBS show is before this show. Next, This is next Sunday. We'll have the first part of the Thomas Reed interview. Oh, right. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it's, no, it's confusing. Uh, okay, so there's two parts. One is on Monday and one is on Sunday. The first part is this coming Sunday on the 18th. And that will be live at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on CBS New Sky Radio in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle, and online at www.newskyradio.com. Okay, and we wanted to just point out our website. You can get over. We, we just last night was our th- official 300th show uh, on CBS, and we were uh, really pleased. We had a great interview with Linda Moulton Howe, and uh, we pointed out you can get all kinds of free podcasts at. BehindTheParanormal.com Also, don't forget the course that we teach. If you are in the southern New England area, of course, we did have one student from Maine, and that is at the Learning Connection in Providence. That's right. Yeah, it's called Exploring the Paranormal. We started again on February 4th. Yes. And for for that particular term. And we had we had a student who came all the way down from Maine, five weeks, no, I think four weeks in a row. Yep. To to take our course, and that we thought that was really really great, and uh, we had a she was a wonderful person. We had a, we had a great time uh, during that class. We had a number of adventures as well, but check it out, uh, southcoastlearning.org. Okay, we leave you this evening with a thought from the great 19th century English novelist George Eliot, who was actually a woman. It is never too late to be what you might have been. Thanks for sailing with us on our great cosmic journey. We will see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.